What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Monday, February 10th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? Not much. Here's where I want to start today. Yes. I want to congratulate you and welcome you to the Two Cup Club. Yeah. Right? Now it's a, I, you know, it's been co- like a week now. I know. Yeah. I, I wanted you to ease into it. Mm. You know what I mean? I didn't want you to feel like you're under the microscope because I am watching everything you oh. fucking do here. Don't oh. worry. I'm making notes. Thank all God. Right? <laughs> Just letting you know. And no, as somebody who is always doing the Two Cups, I'm proud to have another oh, Two yeah. Cup Club person here. Of course. I have Kevin to actually thank for this because Kevin's the one that got me the, the tea kettle. Because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a tea drinker over a coffee drinker. This is a sure. thing that me and Tim talked about on the show before. Sure. Um, and so Kevin got me a, a tea kettle, which allows me to make tea faster. Because we had a coffee. Uh, we got the Keurig, Keurig yeah, yeah. Which is supposed to put, put out hot water, but it puts out dirty coffee, <laughs> Coffee, I guess. Well, here's when the I thing. press the hot water button. You got to think You got to think it through, mm-hmm. all right? Because when I get sick once a year, I go into that Keurig and I want to make tea. And then we didn't have the kettle. So what you got to do is you open up the coffee thing where you put the pot in, uh-huh. you pop it out. You rinse it out real quick. You put it back in. You're not going to get any coffee grounds. But gotcha. for the amount of tea you're drinking, that's yeah. the kettle's way better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a tea every day kind of person. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. Multiple times. Yeah, multiple, multiple, multiple times some days. And yeah. so Kevin got me the kettle. And Kevin also got me, like, a big box of assorted teas. Yeah. And so I get to try out a different one each day. Today I'm drinking green ginger. Oh, how's that going? Pretty good. Should this yeah. be a new segment on PSI Love UXO where you rank all the uh, teas in the, oh my in the, God. In the office? Oh, my God. That would be yeah. great. Uh, Tim did try to make it a segment on this show, which I think we immediately forgot. <laughs> good, good. Where every morning we just check in with what I'm drinking. And so all this right. morning is green ginger. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Okay. It's very good. Well, I'd love to talk about tea, but we have to talk about Anthem clawing its way back from the dead, System Shock probably dying, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, you need to be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Games. You can give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, your squad up requests. And of course, on Patreon.com slash Games, you can get the show ad-free and with the exclusive post-show. Uh, if you want to watch live, you can watch on Twitch.tv slash Games as we record it. No post-show. You get the ads. You understand. But... You also get to correct us. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and everybody listening on podcast services around the globe. Uh, housekeeping for you. I was going to say, how can we already have a you're wrong? Not even nothing's happened. Uh, nanobiologist says, with, with Blessing using at least four cubes of sugar per cup of tea, how much sugar is he consuming regularly if he drinks uh, Boston Harbor's worth of tea each day? Let's, uh, well, actually, today I'm, I'm, I'm doing three cubes. Three, right, so you're, the you're, internet, tr- you're weaning yourself off I'm, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like decrease since apparently I'm drinking a lot of sugar. Yeah. And so I'm, but and you're young. Look at you. That's, and that's the thing. I also had a McDonald's iced coffee before I oh, came here. Oh, God. <laughs> God. <laughs> Dude, how old are you right now? I'm 25. Yeah, 28, that metabolism is going to taper off. That's what everybody tells me, but we'll see. You'll have that, <laughs> you'll have that Tim problem. You start looking like me. That's your problem oh, right no. there. Uh, housekeeping <laughs> for you. Uh, right now, if you go to youtube.com slash games, you can grab our first impressions of Dreams. The, streams we, the stream we did with Media Molecule on Friday is up on demand for you to watch, uh, see some dreams, see an amazing thumbnail, all right, by Blessing. It only took Thank him you. four hours to make. It took a while. <laughs> He's I, got a thing there. Yeah, I'm not Andy. I can't like whip these, whip these things up Sure. Yeah. real yeah. quickly. I that was a really time. fun stream. 
It was. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Very excited for Dreams this week, obviously. Out tomorrow. Or yeah, at out 4 a.m. tomorrow. If you have the early access version. Yeah, yeah, yeah stoked for that. Uh, tomorrow, I'm able to tease this, tell you nothing about it. Tomorrow, Fran and I have a Division 2 update. We played some new Division 2 stuff. We can talk to you oh. about it at 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. You can catch that on YouTube.com slash games. You do not want to miss it. Uh, a reminder, I'm hosting the Dice Awards this Thursday. We'll be streaming at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Thursday night, me, Jessica Chobot, our fourth year, I believe, doing the Dice Awards. Uh, Drucker's got some good zingers in there already. Oh, yeah? you know? Will this also get me in trouble with EA? I was going to say, how many E3s We'll see. We'll see, everybody. Uh, yeah, we'll be, it'll be on the Dice channel, but we'll be hosting it here. And then, thank you to our Patreon producers for last month. James Davis, David Mintel, the Mind Freak, uh, Mohammed Mohammed, the Nanobiologist, Frank Furter, Shiraz Razak, Patrick Higgins, Travis Austin Gajkowski, Drew Garnier-Frutis, uh, Dominic Shorter, Ginny Burnt, uh, well, Burned, Burned, uh, Joseph Solar, uh, Katie Galker, and Mohammed Mohammed again, which I assume is a typo on my part, but at least his name's in there. You I'd, Mohammed, I'd be Mohammed, Mohammed. I'd be worried about, it's Mohammed, 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 Mohammed. I'd be worried about, I'd be worried about cutting them out rather than anything else. Today we're brought to you by Upstart, Mint Mobile, and Spotify's new show, The Besties, but we'll tell you about Whoa. that later. You know the show? Yeah, I okay. used to listen to it. Oh, good. Oh, used to. Wants to fucking cut that shit out. You know, come on, you gotta say it like you're still I, th- I think they canceled. Well, they're back. They're, they're on back. Spotify. Oh, Wait oh. till we get to the yeah. end. Uh, until then, though, we got, this is what. Wait, let's start the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. Oh, Baker's doesn't. Kevin, I appreciate the energy you're bringing, all right? Because I feel great. I'll tell you what. I got two days of shows. I'm on everything the, oh, over these yeah. two days. You know what I mean? Like yeah, six fun, or seven shows here. Fun two days. But let me tell you, I get to burn it all. I get to burn a week's worth of energy right here. Kevin, what are you doing to your armpits back there? <laughs> I look over and it's just <laughs> up and he's examining I'm, himself. I'm trying to figure out. There's just a wet spot up here. Oh, God. Right here. Yeah, well, up that's where your armpit the, is. But no, no, no. The armpit's right here. It's oh, it's up like the to crease? The top right. Was I sitting like this for a while? I don't know. Could have been. Yeah. Huh. That's the only way. I guess so. <laughs> Did you apply deodorant this morning? I mean, that's a rude question. Of course I apply deodorant. I'm not I mean, sometimes you forget. Like I for- uh, there have been some days where I forgot. Sometimes forgotten. you forget. I have deodorant here in the office. If <laughs> Number okay. one on the yeah. Roper Report. Hold on to your hats, everybody. Anthem lives. <laughs> yep, that's right, Kevin. Over on the Bioware blog, Casey Hudson has put up a post over there talking about what is going on. I say Hudson loosely because, of course, Casey, the spokesperson for this, mm-hmm. but the traffic to this blog website so dramatic that it is still 505ing. Yeah, an hour that. and a half later. I saw that. So yeah. I have it pulled from the Reset Era read, which I compared to the Anthem uh, subreddit read. Mm-hmm. It's the it is a real story. It's a real thing. It's it's out there on multiple multiple sites. I think I saw the Six Axis reporting on it too. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to read the letter from. Casey, who's got to be Hudson, right? Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if it's not Casey Hudson. Hey, everyone. One year ago, we were preparing to launch Anthem, a game that represented a big leap into new territory for us as a studio. It was an exhilarating and terrifying experience to go out to the world with something new and different. And we are grateful to all the players who have come along with us on the journey. It has been a thrill for us to see the creativity of our players in designing customized javelins and watching their master anthems flying and fighting gameplay. Oh, I'm sorry, watching them master Anthem's flying and fighting gameplay. I am so proud of the work the team has put into this game, and at the same time, there's so much more that we and you would have wanted from it. Over the last year, the team has worked hard to improve stability, performance, and general quality of life while delivering three seasons of new content and features. 
We have also heard your feedback that Anthem needs a more satisfying loot experience, better long-term progression, and a more fulfilling endgame. So, we recognize that there's still more fundamental work to be done to bring out the full potential of the experience, and it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or expansion. Over the coming months, we will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear, goal with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards, while preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science-fantasy setting. And... To do that properly, we'll be doing something we'd like to have done uh, more of the first time around, giving a focused team the time to test and iterate, focusing on gameplay first. In the meantime, we will continue to run the current version of Anthem, but move away from full seasons as the team works toward the future of Anthem. We'll keep the game going with events, story refreshes, and revisiting past seasonal and cataclysm content, starting with our anniversary towards the end of the month. Creating new worlds is central to our studio mission, but it's not easy. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we miss. What keeps us going is the support from players like you. Your feedback gives us guidance on how we can improve, and your passion inspires us with the courage to create. I look forward to working together with your involvement and feedback towards the best possible future for Anthem. Casey. And it is confirmed, Casey Hudson. Awesome. This I like how you went awesome, and then you narrowed your eyes to like tear this fucking apart. <laughs> I don't want to tear it apart because I think this is a good statement. I wish I got the statement a while ago because sure. up until now, I think there ha there has been the assumption that Anthem is dead. With like some reports from I believe Jason Schreier's reported before they're like, no, they're still working on Anthem. There was the yeah, Jason Schreier did one of those big things of people who have left. This was happening. Here's what I've heard. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so like there's there have been reports that they're still working on it, but. Without, without the, that insider knowledge, as a as a as a video game person, like video game fan following Anthem and its release and its in their updates, yeah, it's been hard to believe that this game is going to really make a comeback. Especially like this game being under EA and EA not necessarily being known for like putting out a game and then following following through uh, following through with it and then making it come back, right? Like Ubisoft is kind of the publisher that's known for that that sort of. Following through with your with your games and pushing out updates and making making sure that even though a game is coming out and it's not necessarily received the best, sure. right, it still has some sort of life post launch and in many cases comes back uh, comes back post launch. And I and I mean I think the you know the two key examples of this aren't even Ubisoft titles, right? You're thinking mm. of Final Fantasy fourteen or Realm yeah. Reborn and then No Man's, no Man's Sky. Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and those are both well, No Man's Sky specifically, right, is indie, is an indie game. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy, different story, but. I feel like when you look at the when you look at these stories that have happened over the last generation, you kind of have to pick and choose. And like EA, I wouldn't necessarily expect for them to be the ones to make that sort of comeback. But not that's not saying that they can't, right? Especially with Bioware, which Bi I, Bioware has a history of being a fantastic studio. Not necessarily with their last couple of releases with Mass Effect sure. Andromeda and Anthem, but historically they're a studio that you'd want to be associated with greatness. And I think for them bringing back anthem would be would be a great thing for them as far as like their their name and getting their their 
getting back that positivity that they've lost with what, the last couple of releases. I mean, you talk about EA, right, and mm-hmm. how their your personal feelings of EA and they're like, are they the evilest company in the world and all that shit yeah. aside, right? I find this this is my the most interesting part of this letter from Casey. And to do that properly, we'll be doing something we'd like to have done more of the first time around. Giving a focused team the time to test and iterate, focusing on gameplay first. Yeah, and that was something I wanted to point out also, because I want to know... So why didn't that happen the first time yeah, around? Yeah, why didn't happen? What, <laughs> what, does, what does that mean to me, and why, yeah, why didn't that happen the first time around? Because for me, right, like what I would like to hear is, what are the ways you're going to make this game better, right? For me as a consumer, for me as a player... Like, are you? What are the ways you're going to restructure content? Yeah. What are like the content packs but, or see, whatever going to look like? And I'm, I'm sure they're still you. figuring that out. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing is that they're in a rock and a hard place right now. By the way, uh, RHD16 writes into your wrong. EA has gone back and brought a game back from the dead somewhat with Battlefront 2. Over the last few months, it seems the game has gotten to a place where people really enjoy it. That's a great right. point. Yeah. Great sure. point. That's yeah. Of yeah, letting you know. I'm sure the suits and microtransactions getting in the way of that and then finally saying, you know what, we have you talented developers fix it and make Mm -hmm. it work. You hope that's the case here. Yeah, back to Anthem, though, in this letter in particular. They're in such a rock and a hard place, right, where you're correct. Mm -hmm. How many times on this show have we read these blog posts that are, listen, we want Anthem to be better too and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to blah, blah, blah. Right now, I think they're doing... A very what you I would consider a triple A big budget No Man's Sky move, where I think No Man's Sky was able to put out the game and then just get walloped by everybody yeah. and go dead quiet and walk away, fix their game and come back yeah. because as much as people had expectations for No Man's Sky, they weren't anywhere near the expectations of EA Bioware Anthem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, I remember I mean, Anthem was supposed to be the game that was supposed to compete with Destiny, right? And that was the thing is like everybody. I remember the E3s people played leading up to this, where they came out of those demos like you have to go play this game. Like mm-hmm. it feels so good to play. And as somebody who did play it and beat the campaign, I did think it was fun to play. Yeah, I did like being in my javelin. It was all the other stuff we've talked at to death of like feeling like there's not enough content or this that there. What's my yeah. motivation? How's this like going? Why is this? Because I, I remember playing the beta and being like, oh, this game seems like it's gonna be great, right? Like all this game really needs is the content and like the story stuff yeah. and for it to be like a very like for it to have that bioware heart and charm that yeah, people yeah, love yeah. right and so like playing playing the beta and being like oh yeah the flying is great i like the action i like how it looks visually i like the design i like the different javelins and the i thought the customization was some of the best customization i've seen in this type of like live service ga- games as a service type game yeah but then the game came out and you know, you see impressions and you're like, oh, wow, really? Like a 6.5 from IGN? A, a, like, I forget what the Metacritic is, but it's definitely not high. No, no. <laughs> um, no. And seeing that game kind of just get trampled because it seems like they failed in all the other areas that they should not have failed failed in for this type of game. Like, that's unfortunate. And PC Metacritic's at a 59. 59, yeah. PC version. Uh, for PC. And yeah, that's not, I mean, that's terrible for what this game should have been being a Destiny competitor from yeah. EA, from Bioware. And it's also important, oh man, 54 on PlayStation 4. <laughs> oh God. 65 on Xbox, whatever. Hmm. Um, oh, I think it's interesting to point out too that you remember a lot of the nuts and bolts problems people had with Anthem have been fixed since then, right? Where it was mm-hmm. every time you did a mission, you had to go back. You couldn't change your loadout from the mission, all that stuff. Like that has been patched out there, but it's what we always talk about, right? Where you get one chance at a first impression. Yeah. And so if you fuck it up out of the gate, get how hard is it to take that narrative back? Yeah. For and for Hello Games, right? When they were kind of making the comeback with No Man's Sky, yeah. I feel like they went silent for a while. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the first time they really came came back and really spoke about things were uh was with no man's sky next 
right? Where they actually had something to say and they had stuff to show. Correct me if I'm wrong, or if they like did because it was next, sort of then it was beyond, or maybe it was beyond the next. Beyond was the big one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, there was some sort, there was some sort of order to that. But I feel like when they first came back, they came back with like a, hey, here's what we're doing, here's what it is. Whereas this, I feel like, is a statement we should have gotten. Beyond was the last big one, yeah. Okay. I feel like this statement we're we're getting from Bioware is one that we should have gotten last year, and like they should, like I feel like this at this point in the game, we should be getting an actual like step by step of, yeah, okay, these are the things that are wrong with the game. This is what we're doing to fix it. This is what Anthem next is going to look like and i i think with this statement they're obviously building up to that like maybe that'll be e3 maybe that's when they come out and they really lay things out the pro and so here's the issue with all of that Mm -hmm. is that as we're talking about anthem and comparing it to no man's sky with their big update that changed everything right you can't did you see the no man's sky that's a fucking old reverence uh as you compare it to that you you don't get to come out of the E3 and say, here's what we're doing in three months. Here's what we're doing in six months. Here's what it's going to... You, you have yeah. to do... Here's what we're doing and it's coming out tomorrow. Because no one is going to believe them. The, yeah. The, you, you it's can, the Fallout 76 All thing. the lip service in the world you can give these games, you need to have it ready. You need to launch it. You need to go. And so I actually think they skip E3. The way they're talking about it, I would think that you work past E3 and then you put it out when you're ready and when you're confident in it and you make a big deal about it, which still could be end of summer. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's worth coming out at EA Play if they do that again this year and being like, or well, I mean, they'll do it. But I mean, like the weird thing I hosted where it was like you know demos with the developers and shit. I don't think you do it there because I think it needs to be such a polished relaunch. Here we go. This is what it is. Yeah. I think if I'm EA, EA which I, no one ever listens to me because I'm not a good businessman, I would do the whole like, hey, we're having an event. We're you know I mean bring, like even if it was similar to how uh, Destiny Two got announced or when they do the Call of Duty press conferences during Judges Week. Of like, hey, we're doing a thing in L.A. This is what it is. Come down and sh- we'll let us show you what Anthem is and fix Anthem. Yeah. But I just, they, they're talking so vague about Casey's, understandably so. But I think, I think this is like a heads up of like, hey, we're going to go, it's going to be a year of shit. Nobody cares about Anthem still. Yeah. yeah and despite like some of my, because I, I don't want to say that I'm skeptical because I do think that Anthem, I think Anthem will come back and I think it'll be successful and I think it'll be good. Because all the, what's there at the core, I think is good. They just need to add interesting and captivating content for people to actually like wrestle around with, and sure. they need to improve their systems and stuff like that. It seems like, and so I think I think those are all plausible things. And for a studio with the backing of Bioware and the and the budget that EA is probably throwing at them, probably still throwing at them, like I imagine that game is going to come back and it's going to be good. And people want to like Anthem, right? People wanted to like Anthem when it first released. Right now, it's kind of gotten the hate. But I think when you look at that game and you see. Like when you just look at it visually and you and, and you and you see what's going on there, you're like, this looks interesting until you yeah. play it, right? Oh so, man, you're pl- it's an Iron Man simulator, right? Yeah, like yeah, hell yeah, you exactly. Play that. So I think people people want to like Anthem, and I think Anthem can come back and people will, will be into it. I I just look at the statement though, and I kind of gain. I, I grab nothing from it. Yeah, 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 for me. Hey, it's a statement though. It and is, it, and it yeah. is a statement of. I think you know. Last week there was a lot of traction on that uh, tweet that was. Hey, I logged into Anthem, and they still have the Christmas decorations up. Oh, wow. And people wanted to extrapolate from that that, oh, my God, Anthem is super dead. Mm-hmm. To which I saw, I think, on the Reddit, somebody responded to it and was like, well, remember, they just announced that their seasonal holiday event is going through February. They extended it. So it's not yeah. so much they're ignoring it. It's that they still want you to use it or whatever. But I, I get, like, mm-hmm. 
that is the narrative being pushed. That is the visual being pushed. Understandably so, because Anthem did fuck it up out of the gate, has made small corrections. The entire team has hemorrhaged, or I'm sorry, the team has hemorrhaged so many different leads and people and Ben and like everybody you would think like as the face of Anthem or as somebody who's like one of the Anthem people, right, mm. has left. And so I mean, Casey even came back during it, right? Like, yeah. he, like you have to go in there, solidify the team, and move forward. The question, of course, becomes though. How much money are they really putting into this? How much time do you really want to put into this? Casey makes it sound like they're they're realm reborning it, where they are going to go in there and we're going to go. We have a team working on it. They're going to come back and you're going to have a different kind of game here, yeah. which is awesome and cool. But is that getting in the way of the next projects they're doing? The next I, I, that's the whole thing of like yeah, they're still working on Dragon Age Four yep. and they still I, I think they're early in Mass Effect development. From what we know, and so yeah, like, that's the thing is I don't remember. I know there's so many rumors right now. Yeah, so I can't that remember if that was like a report or like a rumor. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure that like they're somewhere. It's been said that they're working on a Mass Effect, uh, and so like they have they have future projects projects coming out. And from the perspective of EA, like how how much do you want to sink more costs into Anthem? Yeah. I think you. I think they still would though. Like I think for Anthem is still one. If you can bring that game back, that then becomes something. And I don't think it's going to be Destiny level, but you then have something that is making money, you know, in the background, you know, over time. That is a life service game, which is what they want. You know, that could still be a, a, a money generator for them. But at the same time, I think even when you look at Bioware as a studio, like bringing back Anthem can do so much for their name and bringing, bringing back their name from being yeah. so tr- trampled over the last few years. I want to bring it. could be worth it from that perspective. B-Max wrote in patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says there have been a bunch of games with terrible launches a lot of these were able to successfully overhaul or fix bugs and issues no man's sky is the first example that comes to mind with the news that ea and bioware are choosing to overhaul anthem will they be one of the first to fail at the process if not what needs to be fixed in this game in particular thank you for your time first off they wouldn't be one of the first yeah, to no. fail. Plenty of games have tried this Hail Mary, we're going to redo it all, and it doesn't work, and you just don't remember that. Yeah, like think about like Lawbreakers and um, yeah. Radical Heights, right? Which, like, that was a different game, but still, that was like a studio trying to come back and not necessarily making it. And, like, there, these stories happen all the time, but usually, I feel like when, when games come out and they're not good, we just forget about them. You don't about think them. about them. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Them, so they're not in the APB, front line. which was at uh, oh, APB, yeah. which like, it was only online for like 47 days or yeah. something. Then it went away for a while, then it came back, then it went away again. Yeah, Battleborn. Yeah, like, yeah, and so like, there's plenty of things that I think have been. But uh, that aside, if they can do this, I think it's what we're talking about. They win, and I know gamers and the internet are get the reputation for being the most jaded assholes there are. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think everybody wants to see people win. Everybody loves a redemption story, right? Like, I can't believe No Man's Sky came back the way it did. I can't believe Square financed Final Fantasy XIV's you know comeback yeah. to reborn like. And when they did, those stories aren't looked at now, pointed at, and laughed at, right? They mm-hmm. are like, oh, man, Hello Games didn't nail it at the beginning, but hey, look at this, and it's awesome. Yeah, People like love I, it now. I saw a tweet, I want to say yesterday the day before, that was from the, from an account that was like, images that precede unfortunate events, right? Where, <laughs> where usually like they'll, they'll tweet an image and like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Disaster, it's like right before disaster. Right before yeah. disaster, right? And they tweeted an image of the Hello Games Gone Gold picture, where it's like, <laughs> where, where it's Sean Murray holding up Hello a Gone, disc, gold, yeah. Gone Gold disc, right? And they tweet that as like the meme. But if you look at all the replies, everybody in the replies are like, well, yeah, but like they came back. Like that, like that's not an unfortunate event anymore. Like every, like literally all of the comments were positive Which about is nuts, Hello Games. Which right? Yeah. And that's the thing is I think, you know, Anthem by no means is out of the storm, but like literally Anthem's reputation can't get worse. 
Yeah. So it's like fair. it's all it, it's you know it's like Taylor Swift says in her song, her reputation's never been worse. Right. This is for the best. Uh-huh. Like. They they must like me for me if they're still playing anthem. Let alone if they're interested in this news. And then when it does relaunch, and it is people jumping back in and being like, first off, I already own the game, which is dope. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, they launch in like, oh my god, this is actually fun. There's actually a reason for me to you know squat up and go get this. Mm-hmm. How likely do you think it is that they're able to come back and be like a big success? I don't think they can come back and be a big success. Mm-hmm. I think they can come back, deliver for their still ardent hardcore fan base i still subscribe to the anthem subreddit just to have a eye on what's happening every so often like those people are there every day talking about anthem i think they're able to come back reinvigorate those people now this is of course if a million goes right but in this perfect you know world scenario yeah come back and be big though i don't think they'll ever come back and be big they're never going to challenge destiny like that's not in the cards you know what i mean it's going to come back Mm. and it'll be that thing that does bring people back in does have a, a a long tail on it but again this is something that could happen. I'm not saying yeah. it will. I'm saying I mean, it could I mean, I can see it coming back and it and it doing what you're saying, where you know it's not necessarily the destiny competitor that they want it to be, but it comes back and it is doing well enough. And then I could see them making putting making putting out Anthem two, and then that one going big. Like yeah. I could see I could see a future for the Anthem IP that you know could be great if they see, just keep chipping away. At I it. totally disagree. Where I think yeah. the I think the IP is soured in enough people's minds that. You get out there, you fix Anthem, you make it into a thing. And again, this is barring it suddenly blowing up and actually rivaling Destiny and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. I think you get it to a point where it is great, and then you put a smaller team on it at Bioware that keeps working on it, keeps giving it content. And unless it's suddenly making money hand over fist, you stop and you go to Dragon Age, you go to Mass Effect. God, if there's a god in the sky, <laughs> you go to Knights of the Old Republic, yeah. right? And you re- like, I think right now, like, and again, this could all change. I'm talking so short-sightedly of just where you are right now. That is such a scarlet letter to be like, I work on Anthem, right? Because mm-hmm. like, oh, what are you going to say? Yeah, what are you that was do? No Man's and No Man's Sky definitely like is no not a Destiny competitor by any means, but like No Man's Sky was one of the biggest disasters of this gen, and today it's beloved, not necessarily by everybody, yeah. but but here's the question: yeah. Do you think there's a No Man's Sky too? That's a good question, right? I think Hello Games is in a not the similar boat because they love their game. They should. They should be proud of it. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's also weird. It's not not the same argument because it's a different type. Why of would you put out another No Man's Sky? Just keep adding the No Man's Sky, right? Yeah. Like keep doing that. Keep putting out versions with colons and new names on them to sell them to new people. Mm-hmm. But eventually, when they're ready to move on to something else, I don't think they move on to No Man's Sky too. I, I think mean, they. I could see a Final Fantasy fourteen to whether it's like Final Fantasy seventeen or whatever it is. Like yeah. I, I can see a follow up to that. Yeah. Right. And I mean that's a different thing also exactly. because that's, that's Final an MMO, Fantasy right? And that's and just, like, they keep adding content to that. Yeah, and they're always gonna make Final Fantasies. But nine years later I'm still going through the same D C universe online duos bless. <laughs> like why if they were like we're putting on DC online too, but like why well, just put out more content on this one, you know. That's I mean? fair. Uh different question. Yeah please what game do you think has the better shot at making a comeback between Anthem and Fallout 76. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I like that question. What do you define as a comeback? That's the big question. Go from being universally torn apart to then most people being like, oh, no, this game is great now. That's a great question, Bless. I knew we hired you for (laughs) this. Oh, man. It's so hard because I feel like we already know what's coming down the pipeline for Fallout, right? Mm -hmm. Versus what we don't know what what Anthem's going to look like. So it's that do you bet on what you already I think the thing is like if you already hate Fallout games, like you're not gonna Fallout seventy six. I, I uh-huh. when they add NPCs in April, I'm fucking turning Fallout seventy six back on. Which by the way, I had done at right before we went to E three this year, because I hadn't played it forever, and I was shocked at how much better it ran. Like you know what I mean? It still runs like Fallout. You know, mm-hmm. it's still janky animations and stuff, but I was still like, oh man. Like when Wastelanders drops, I'd like to at least jump in and try it. And if there's no like 
Hey, is, that, they, is that the one with the NPCs, Wastelanders? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, is that coming out soon? Because I saw April. a trailer. Yeah. Well, okay. they just last week they announced a release date for April. Or gotcha. Um, Kev, can you get me a Google on that? Fallout seventy six Wastelanders DLC. Just so I get the real date in there. Um, that one I'm definitely going to jump back into and, and go see what it's like. I don't know if I'll stick around. I don't know what that's mm-hmm. about. But if it, also if it's something I can do from the very start, I'm going to re-roll a character. Because uh, when I jumped in at E3, it was literally like, what the fuck am I doing? What? How? I, I get to you know, jump back into an MMO. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I left off forever ago. Yeah. Do I really? And I was never so good at Fallout 76 that I feel like I could pick it back up like DC, where I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I understand what's going on here. Like, it's... <sighs> When people people jump back in and say it's really good, huh? Uh, Fall seventy six Wastelanders PC gamers mad at Kevin for ad block. It ju- it was news last week. Doesn't matter. There it is. Launch days and details. April seventh. Okay. Um, it's a month from now. Yeah. Or no? No two. No months, two months. Two from months now. now. Yeah, yeah. God, March feels like it's right there. Yeah. Every talks like Animal Crossing is tomorrow. It's so far away still. Stop talking to me about Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, shit, I don't know. I, I mean, I it burn. what I know is that Wastelanders is adding content Fallout fans want. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to go do NPC kind of quests in there and see if that if that pulls the game back a bit more towards it being a, a more traditional Fallout experience where I'm playing with other people and seeing them around. Sure. I think overall, though, Anthem probably has the better shot in the long run. Yeah. To have to have people, not a majority of people, uh-huh. not a lot of gamers, but people who play it go, no, the game's great. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I think Anthem could do it because the moment-to-moment gameplay of Anthem is so much fun. When I Fallout seventy six is oh fuck resource management. No, is my water clean? Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. I'm grinding to get this. Oh man, I, 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 it costs a lot of atoms to get that hat on the shop. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the Anthem side for it, just because yeah. I, th- I feel like Anthem from the ground up is built to be what it is. It just wasn't fleshed out as much as it should be right and so yeah. if they if they take that and they flesh it out i think it, it can see success whereas fallout 76 right i'm a bit I, I love fallout fallout 3 is like one of my favorite games of that gen fallout 4 i really loved yeah um i still need to play new vegas that's the one that wow, everybody's really? let me play yeah i i somehow just missed it but uh i can't i guess i can't oh wow i've started new vegas multiple times and just yeah. never. Gotten... and actually i i have started new vegas i just didn't follow through with it yeah um, because I, I think i started right after i played fallout 3 and i was already fallout you kind of out. burned out yeah, 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 yeah and so but you know fallout 76 for all intents and purposes, should be my type of game, but like, I, on the lead up to it, on the lead up to release, I was like, this seems, this doesn't seem like it lines up with what Fallout is. Hundred percent. And so, like, putting in multiplayer in a game that's traditionally been a vast single player RPG, just seeing, and, and especially with it not having NPCs in the world and, and all all these different things, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. And even still, like, I look at it and I'm like, I, as somebody who loves Fallout, I still look at Fallout seventy six. And I'm like, I don't know if this appeals to me Trump yet. Uh, and maybe the Wastelanders thing will bring me back, but it's like a wait-and-see game for me. That was my lead-up to Fallout 76, where it was that I, I love Fallout games. I love playing these. You know what I mean? I platinumed four, right? And I had played a ton of three. And so it was this, all right, cool. I don't know if – when I saw the E3 demo of people, you know, multiple Wastelanders or multiple Vault Hunters run – or no, Vault Hunters. Vault Dwellers running around fighting a Scorch Beast. Mm. Sirens are on our end. Um – I remember being like, that doesn't look anything like Fallout. Look at how much they're using their guns. I never, I try not to fight anything in Fallout, right? And when I do, mm-hmm. it's always that, like, fuck, I don't want to break this gun. If the Wastelanders DLC gets added and is the first move of that becoming more that you and I are playing Fallout together, but it is that thing where we run into each other and maybe we go after a boss or a quest and then we break away and we do our own things and mm-hmm. come back and we're trading goods because now you can do the whole thing where you can sell your stuff and make your, you know, have your little vending machines and crap. Like, that actually sounds more closer to what i want out of a fall experience where it is more of a pve thing that 
isn't forced into multiplayer, right? I think the reason games like Division and Destiny work so well for so many people is the idea that, cool, if you want to play this by yourself, go ahead. But when you get to a point where you need some help, you can get some yeah. help or do whatever you want with it. Whereas with Fallout, it was at times like, what am I doing? I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. What a good discussion. If you like that discussion, patreon.com slash games to be part of it and support us. Uh, number two on the Roper Report, Phil Spencer's talking a bit about VR. This is Matt Lorigan from xboxachievements.com. Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has spoken again about the future of Xbox and VR, stating that his hopes for VR are that it doesn't go away and instead grows bigger to the point that it would be a no-brainer for Xbox to support it. Speaking as a guest on the podcast, Gamer Tag Radio. Hey, the homies. Hey, oh, you know Shout what I mean? Out. The homies indeed. What, that 200th episode is what they got Phil on for, I think? A thousandth episode. A thousandth episode? That's yeah. a lot more than I thought it was. Yeah, I, I think they said it's like the highest number episode that a gaming podcast has gotten to. Very nice. Congratulations yeah. to Congratulations. them. Uh, yeah, it's on my uh, Spotify, or it's on my uh, podcast feed to listen to, but I haven't yet. And then I saw these things and I was like, fuck, I really should have listened to this. <laughs> Anyways, speaking as a guest on the podcast, Gamer Tag Radio, which you should go subscribe to and listen to, uh, Spencer did reiterate xbox's current stance to to not support virtual reality however he offered words of support to those who are currently working in the vr space quote there are a lot of people i know that are working on some good vr titles great vr titles and i'm not trying to not be supportive of that my main point was i wanted to be clear with our customers on where our focus was so that if somebody was waiting for us to bring out a vr headset for series x at the launch or something we're not going to do that it does, and this is that's the end of the quote. Then back mm-hmm. to this. It does appear that the door may be open for VR further down the line, though. When speaking about Microsoft as a whole, Spencer claims sirens are still over here. Spencer claimed uh, they are quote never going to close our eyes uh, to where things are going. End quote. Uh, more quotes. I hope it doesn't go away. I hope it gets bigger. I hope it's something that's so important that it would be a no-brainer for us to go and support it. I respect it. Me too. Yeah. No, I mean super honest response, and I you. The thing about Phil is when he talks, you get where he's coming from. No, yeah. He's not being mishmashy, and you totally get why he's saying uh, why. I'm being very clear. We're not supporting it right now, but I hope one day it's big enough that we will. Yeah. Do you think it's one day VR is going to get big enough that they will? No. I don't, yeah, I'm, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> I think VR is going to continue to have this. It's going to be niche. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be this uh, fervent audience where a lot of people are going to be into it. A lot of people are going to want to play it. I think it's going to get bigger. I mm-hmm. think there are going to be amazing experiences on it, but I think when you're talking about what xbox is and what xbox is becoming which i think is moving away from a box and becoming just a service you know out there for all your games that's not really a concern for them if they were if they wanted to for the rest of days rival pcs and be there and like be like that's not what they want they're trying to be a hey where do you want your games we're going to get you your games that way and if somebody else wants to make a headset and they want to have a service and they want to do whatever i'm sure there's a partnership or a uh, you know we'll just wish them well but that's not their bread and butter yeah no, this seems like them being like, "Hey, we're we're gonna stick to what we're comfortable with, mm-hmm. you know, and and not try to force new things." Not that saying, not saying that like people who are doing VR are trying to force anything, because I think for like PlayStation, it, it kind of makes more sense to where they can create a new platform with it, and you know, create a, like a new ecosystem within VR, yeah. you know, like a new uh, leg of PlayStation. Whereas for, I, I I understand for Phil and for Xbox why they wouldn't want to compete in something that doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to be. I don't want to say not long term because I think VR is going to last, but I don't think when it's going to be ubiquitous. When do you turn the where do you turn the corner and VR becomes a moneymaker? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Is I don't see VR being mainstream anytime soon. 
And Xbox is trying to be as mainstream as possible. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a knock. I think it's awesome that the fact they're trying to get their games are from the cloud. They're this. You don't need to own anything. What do you got in your house? You got, you got an NES controller and a toaster? You're going to be able to play Gears 5 and Forza. Like, yeah. that's what they're pushing for, right? So the idea of suddenly being gated behind, do you have this headset? Do you not? What's going on here? What are we compatible with? What aren't we yeah. compatible with? Like, that's a pain in the ass. What's the word with HoloLens? Was that not supposed to be compatible with Xbox? Well, it, they were working on uh, yeah, features for it. Cisco back in 2015 at E3 went and played something with it. I forget mm. Gears or Halo with it. I think. Or I remember like I remember the Xbox conference where they were like playing Minecraft. Yeah, they did like, Minecraft. On all the, the, table. the blocks were in. Real but even life. that, then that became something for your phone, right? With Minecraft Earth and stuff. Like oh, they yeah. moved so many things around there. I think Hololens. You know, all the AR stuff quickly got out of games into like this is way more helpful for hospitals or whatever and yeah. stuff like that and i've never been to a hospital i've seen to that you know what i mean yeah and i'm in hospitals every day you know what i mean they don't think that i'm over there no. but i'm there i love taking the syringes when they're oh, not no. looking oh god <laughs> they'll never catch me kev no no Number three on the Roper Report, uh, the System Shock 3 team is no longer employed, apparently. This is Andy Robinson over at Video Games Chronicle. The System Shock 3 development team has been let go. Uh, it's been claimed as several senior leads confirm they've departed developer Other Side Entertainment. System Shock 3's writer and director, lead programmer, design director, and more have all confirmed their exit from Other Side in the past five months following the company's year-long search for a new publisher. But according to one anonymous developer, the entire team is now, quote, no longer employed by other side. In February 2019, System Shock 3's then-publisher Starbreeze, which was experiencing financial troubles, sold the publishing rights uh, for the game back to the developer in a deal which saw Starbreeze recoup the finances it had invested in the development. The game's creative director, Warren Spector, told VGC in May of the same year that talks were progressing with a lot of interested publishers. He claimed that Other Side had enough capital to fund itself for quite a while and didn't rule out the studio self-publishing the game itself if it had to. However, it's since emerged that at least a dozen senior System Shock 3 developers have left the studio over the past five months. That includes System Shock 3's writer and director, senior designer, lead programmer, QA, senior environment artist, and more, who have all updated their LinkedIn profiles to reflect their exit from other side. Uh, this week, the game's design director, Chase Jones, a longtime collaborator of Spectors, uh, also revealed that he left other side on his profile. In December 2019, the studio's former community manager, Sam Luganot, hot, Luganot, Luganot, uh, confirmed uh, that there had been layoffs at the studio and admitted she was worried uh, for its future. Same link to an anonymous, devel anonymous developer post on the site RPG Codex and confirmed its legitimacy. The anonymous user recently claimed that the System Shock 3 development team is no longer employed at the other side and that it was critically behind in content creation. Quote, if Starbreeze hadn't gone into crisis, I think we would have delivered something interesting with some fresh and innovative gameplay. But a much smaller game than, than what people were expecting and inevitably disappointing for a sequel to such a beloved franchise. That's what it says. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't screw that up. No, did, that was did, right. Did it read right? Did it sound right? Didn't it read I, think, right? I, I think it's an interesting quote, which is Let me why try it again. Yeah. If Starbreeze hadn't gone into crisis, I think mm -hmm. we would have delivered something interesting with a fresh and innovative... With fresh some fresh and innovative gameplay but a smaller game than what people were expecting and inevitably disappointing for a sequel to such a beloved franchise now i'm there yeah. thank you uh system shock 3 was most recently shown at gdc in march 2019 when specter confirmed it was being made with the unity engine vgc has reached out to other side for comment uh the system shock remake uh from night dev studios remains in development and is due out this year that's unfortunate yeah totally yeah, yeah. i don't have i'm not a a system shock guy or anything i have no i have no yeah, experience I have that friends IP. that were looking forward to System Shock Three, and so this is kind of sad to hear. Um, this is like this is like an unfortunate 
kind of tale of being independent and not having you know a, a bigger studio to rely on because because it seems like Starbreeze having crisis and them them then leaving Starbreeze and going out on their own is kind of what led to all of this totally. And so, like, that's the scare. I mean, this is why it's so scary to be a video game developer to work yeah. on contracts like this. If something goes wrong at the publisher and you're suddenly out in the wind, how do you get it all together to, you know, hail mary this, get in new investors, get in a new publisher, bring up venture capital? Like, yeah, like what does it take so long? And when you start looking at, especially trying to get new funding and looking at bottom lines that are already going into the red because suddenly you're paying out of pocket to keep all this going, like, yeah, that's hard. And that then, like, I feel like, you know, this following. The Platinum Games Kickstarter story, right. I feel like, you know, kind of lends a better lens to view that story from of like, you know, Platinum also being an independent pl- developer and then wanting to put out Wonderful 101 or whatever, like the other few announcements are right. Putting those on Kickstarter makes more sense. You know, the more you look at how difficult it is to make like make these things happen on your own. Yeah. You know, you're taking a lot of risks and it seems like for here, the risk didn't pay out. Um, which is which is very unfortunate. Always unfortunate, yeah. So best of luck to everybody yeah. over there, other side working on this. I I think the quote though is an interesting one of like if Starbreeze hadn't gone into crisis, I think we would have de- delivered something interesting with some fresh and in- innovative gameplay, but a much smaller game than what people were expecting, and inev- inevitably disappointing for a sequel to such a beloved franchise. It seems like, I mean, what I'm gathering from the quote there is that like you know if Starbreeze still kept him, right, the game would have been short, but like fresh and innovative yeah that still seems like a great game despite totally. despite length yeah and so I, I, but this is where you get into it like yeah like for the fans can beyond good and evil 2 live up to that hype mm-hmm. you know what i mean of the fans i'm saying too like not the general public i have no hype for beyond good and evil 2 because i didn't really connect to the first one yeah and so for this one i'm right there with you of like that sounds awesome i'd yeah. love a shorter experience that is different and awesome and innovative but would the fans have been upset by that? You know, they wait X number of years, they get this game. It's not, it's not as big as they wanted it to be. Yeah, and I'm not like a, a System Shock person. I haven't played any of them, but I do like immersive sim games, which I believe System Shock is an immersive sim, which are like essentially games that allow you to kind of ch- pick and choose how you approach the game, like very systemic games. So games like Dishonored and Deus Ex and like Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah, yeah like Bioshock's a spiritual successor to this, right? Yeah, exactly. So games like that. And, you know, short, it kind of actually sounds really awesome for that, that type of game. Totally. So I, w- and I mean, like, and that's, the, the thing is, like, to the quote here, right, oh, that you think is interesting, and mm-hmm. I agree, You say, I, I understand that self-defeating uh, prophecy there. Of like, oh, it yeah. would have been shorter. And it would have like, you can say that, but then look at Outer Worlds. Yeah. Outer Worlds, you know, beloved by so many. We just read, what was it, 2 million, 3 million sales figure they just crossed over. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. It was last week's news. Um, like, they did that. Right, like yeah. Obsidian delivered a smaller, more digestible RPG, and, and people, people loved dug it. it. Yeah. yeah, and um, I, w- I, I hope that didn't like, like feed into this downfall <laughs> yeah. of of whatever this was. Like, I don't know if like Starbreeze came to them and they were like, "Yo, this game needs to be bigger, or this game needs to be longer, or else people aren't going to be into this." Or if that was a thing that they kind of discussed as they're independent, you know, and, and that was a battle they went through. But you know, I. I I don't. I don't necessarily dig like the the push to make games huge, right? right? Like I, I think a small condensed experience, especially for an immersive sim, I think sounds sounds awesome. And so, nanobiologist confirms two million copies. Two million. So thank you very much. And Borson says System Shock is exactly how Blessing described it. So there you go. There you go. Good job. 
Number four on the Roper Report. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Season 2 details have leaked. This is Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Modern Warfare Season 2 Battle Pass information was leaked overnight from an official source, the Call of Duty website. The website briefly showed images of popular Modern Warfare 2 character Ghost as a new operator and confirmed details around pricing and new weapons. Uh, the website even revealed a short teaser video for Modern Warfare Season 2, which stars Ghost, new operator skins, and the new weapons in action. The details were taken down shortly after they were pushed live, but, of course, the internet caught the whole thing. According to leaked details, the two new guns coming to Modern Warfare as part of the Season 2 pass are a Growl 5.56 assault rifle and the Striker 45 submachine gun. Awesome. I'm going to be honest, this is the first time I've heard Modern Warfare having operators. I did not know that was a thing. I had to look at I had the breaking news uh, nanobiologists had put in earlier in the show that mm. uh, Rainbow Six Siege just announced your five season one operation title, Void Edge. More info is coming during the invitation. But when awesome. I, I when I read operator, I was like, oh fuck, was that actually did the oh, leak did that, thing actually yeah. break? No, it's a different operator. Yeah, so. no, that's why because I I played Call of Duty before playing Siege, right? And then I played Siege, and Siege is all about operators that have like different abilities, different yeah. skills, all this stuff, right? And I know for Black Ops, like Black Ops Three was like the last big Call of Duty that I kind of got obsessed with, and they did they had like different types of characters that you can choose that would have their own abilities but i don't know if they're called operators and so maybe they've been pushing more and more toward uh toward having operators but um yeah it's cool news yeah exactly uh speaking of cool news i have some quick hits for you to round out the show we'll start at GameSpot with richard richard wakeling uh australian publisher thq nordic has opened a new studio in bratslavia slovakia called nine rock games the aim of the studio is to develop shooter slash survival games nine rock games is headed by ceo david uh, Durkat, who has experience in the shooter-slash-survival genre, having previously worked at Daisy or on Daisy. Quote, We are very much looking forward to setting up shop in our office, gradually optimizing our team size, and getting to work on our project, uh, Durkat said in a press release. With THQ Nordic as a partner, our roster of talented, our roster of talent found perfect conditions to collaborate on our first joint project. So nice. There you go. More, more Daisy-like games coming out of their yeah. shooter survivals. So that's what we need. Uh, Richard Wakeling, again from GameSpot, had this. Neo, the samurai Souls-like game from Koei Tecmo, has sold 3 million units worldwide since his launch on February 7th, 2017. Good awesome. news getting ready for Neo 2. Yeah. And then Hayden Taylor at GamesIndustry.biz had this one. Spec Ops The Line developer Jaeger has received a strategic investment from gaming monolith Tencent. Tencent has invested in undisclosed, an undisclosed sum in the Berlin-based developer, which will retain its full independence. Founded 20 years ago, Jaeger boasts around 110 staff and recently moved into self-publishing. The capital from this deal will see Jaeger strengthen its development and publishing opportunities, including a number of unannounced projects. Jaeger attracted critical acclaim in 2012 with its subversive military shooter, Spec Ops The Line. However, the game was a commercial flop, and publisher Take-Two said it failed to meet sales expectations, which is heartbreaking. Spec Ops The Line is great. Everybody should play it. What up, Walt Williams? Since then, Jaeger has remained relatively quiet, shifting away from narrative-focused single-player games into the realm of live service such as 2017 Space Combat Sim Dreadnought and the upcoming shooter, The Cycle. Tencent getting more fingers and more pies. Yeah. They're not going to stop. However, point it out, they say they have their full independence. Full independence. I wonder what attracted them to Jaeger, because I hadn't heard of either Dreadnought or The Cycle. Really? Yeah. I guess I say really. I only know Dreadnought because of shows. Dreadnought is this PC game where you you pilot a huge spaceships, like in like into war. You brought them into war, maybe and it, like huge ass warships. Uh-huh. And it was like this thing that everybody fucking adored. If you were that kind of dork, 
You know what I mean? I'm a, okay. I'm a very specific kind of dork. That wasn't my kind of game. But I know it was cleaning up. I remember for multiple packs, if you saw people walking around with the lanyards that were lighting up orange, uh-huh. that was a dreadnought thing. That's where the money was going. This game was super successful, and they wanted to put it into light up lanyards at packs. And they did. It was super successful, though? Uh, it, it was another one that had that audience, right? That okay. had that big audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's good for them. Yeah, yeah know, exactly. Considering, like, I mean, it sucks that Spec Ops The Line didn't sell. Yeah, exactly. But at least their pivot is working for them. Yeah. Or yeah. has worked for them. It, it seemed like it did. Again, it was, yeah, go throw up, Kev. This is Dreadnought gameplay right here. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things that the oh, people who played what? it loved it. I think I have heard of this. There you I go, just see? forgot about it. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's been a while now, too. And I don't think it ever, there was, it was going to come to consoles. Did it? Well, this PlayStation Underground is what we're looking for. Did Dreadnought come to PS4? Uh, it says PS4 on the Wikipedia. Dreadnought. You can fuck with this, you think? Kevin, you trying to play some Dreadnought? <laughs> ah, dude, I'm in a year. This would make great PS I Love You content. If, if it's we free. Play it it's on a PS4. free download. It is out now. Dreadnought on PS4. Free download right now. Get out of there. I like it. Let's do it. If you want, you want a fun one here for you, a little inside baseball Greg Miller story before we get to the list, all right? All right. So, as you know, I'm Greg Miller. I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I won't lie to you, right? And so, my friend was doing PR on Dreadnought, right? Uh, and he was like, and he, did, he does PR on a million different games, mm-hmm. but he was like, you got to come play Dreadnought. And he was giving me all the stats. It's really successful. It's huge. It's going to come to console eventually. And I kept looking at stuff and I'm like, this is not my kind of game. <laughs> I didn't, I can tell you from looking at this, I would not. And he's like, no, you got to play it though. You got to try it. I'm like, it was a pack. So like, all right, whatever. I made the appointment. I went over there. I did the 15 minute demo or whatever, 20 minute demo. Right. And mm-hmm. hated the entire thing. Cause I'm just like, I, I'm on a mouse and keyboard. I'm in. I'm shooting spaceships. Mm-hmm. I don't. This is not my jam at all. And so it finally ended, and I put it down, and I was like, I was getting ready to leave. And as I was leaving, at the opening of the d- demo was my friend who does the PR, and it turned out to be the lead of the studio. Oh god! And so literally, <laughs> I'm like, all right, see you guys later. It's like, oh, I want you to meet. I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? Blah blah. And, like, and it was literally was like, so what did you think? And I was like. I did not enjoy myself. <laughs> and they were like, what? I'm That's like, it's why. not you. It's me. The game's call. I get the call. It's just yeah. not my kind of game. That was definitely me when I demoed uh, Disintegration at PAX, where thankfully oh, yeah. nobody asked me about it. But I demoed it because my friends wanted to play it. And I looked at it, and I was like, this is my type of game, but I like the style, so I'll try it out. And I played Disintegration. And as I was playing it, I was like, it seems like a fine game. But I just don't. This is not me. Not for me. Yeah, this yeah, is not yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah, and, and, and this was like one of those. You know, back in the day when IGN made uh, you cover everything. Oh yeah. It was like so hard to check that at the door and then come in and do like a fact sheet preview of like this is what's happening. I don't know. Mm. It was. It reminded me too of like this year at E3 with Bleeding Edge, where I looked at it. And I'm like, nah, this ain't a Greg Miller no. game. And Tim's like, let's play. And I'm like, all right, we played it. And I was just like, I never thought about Bleeding Edge again. And then oh. we were like, it looks dope. I'm like, does it? Oh, I'm glad you're excited. Awesome, mm. cool. I have no feelings. <laughs> uh, however. Bless, I have feelings about a number of other games, but they're still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. This list, ladies and gentlemen, is brought to you by our lovely sponsors. Let's start with Upstart. As most of you have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smartest, smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. Everybody knows it. I've said it a lot, but it's true. When I moved here at SF, I took out a loan, pay off for the move, pay off a divorce, all this other stuff. And let me tell you, I did not have a good interest rate. Upstart would have been a lot of help. Why, you might ask? Well, 
Because Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart believes that you are more than just your credit score. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Since it's a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens when you accept your rate. And the best part, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day! Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off their credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked top in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot in hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate takes only a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Up next is Mint Mobile. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, you have to ask yourself, what are you paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly onto you. Tim got this plan for his mom, of course. Uh, he noticed she was getting charged for a whole bunch of stuff she wasn't using, so he switched her to Mint, and he loves it. Uh, Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data that you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Uh, use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number uh, without losing any of your contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash games. That's mintmobile.com slash games. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash games. And finally, this one goes out to you, Blessing. Whoa. The besties on Spotify. Hey, listeners. We know you love all things video games, so we want to tell you about a Spotify original podcast called The Besties. Every Friday... The creators of the Adventure Zone, Justin and Griffin McElroy, are joined by their two best friends and hardened video game reporters, Rush Frustick. I've never said Russ. I've seen Russ on Twitter a million times. I've never actually said his last name. Rush Frustick. Russ Frustick. It's it's refreshing to say. And Chris Plant uh, to go deep on a single new video game. If you are a fan of Polygon, you'll know these guys. They co-founded it. Plus, The Besties covers all the major moments in video games in 2020, uh, from new console launches to Cyberpunk 2020 and beyond. At the end of the year, they do a complete showdown, pitting all the top games of the year against one another to go to pick the top game of the year. It's pretty epic. But The Besties can't do without their fans who write in each and every week with all sorts of goofy suggestions. It's like a book club for video games. Uh, of course, Justin, long time, kind of funny fan. When we started doing Oration, he showed up, and that's how we got the McElroy moment. And it oh. wasn't until years later that people told me I was saying his name wrong. So I'm glad somebody told me that eventually. But no, they're great guys. They're hilarious. So this podcast is great for you. Uh, you can find the besties on Spotify, which also has your favorite podcasts, including this one, and music all for free. Listen to the besties free only on Spotify. Yeah. Do you know what I learned recently? What would you learn, buddy? Is that you don't need to have Spotify Premium to listen to podcasts on Spotify. Nice. Yeah. And so you just listen. Not, not on podcasts, I don't think. Well, there's ads Only in our podcast unless you use Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. There you go. I got it, Barrett. I got also, it, before people go to KindofFunny.com slash you're wrong, it's Cyberpunk 2077. You said 2020 because it's written in the thing, but it's 2077. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, there you well, go. You can correct the ads then. You know what I mean? Don't worry about that, everybody. Got it. 
Why didn't they call it 2099 Spider-Man? You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> Out today, The Tale of Doris and the Dragon 2 is available on Steam. And then Help Me Doctor is on Switch. <laughs> uh, new dates for you. Blood Roots is coming out February 28th, 2020. Uh, it's going to be 20 bucks. PlayStation 4, Switch, and Epic Game Store. Played it all weekend. I'll be able to talk about it. Yeah. Or I will talk about it. PS, I love you. I played it too. Yeah? Yeah. All right, cool. What'd you think? I mean... We're going to save our PSL. We'll save it. Right, cool. uh, Darksburg, the co-op zombie survival action game from Northgard and Evil Land series developer Shiru Games. Uh, Storm's early access on February 12, 2020. Always a fan of when I copy the headline into the thing and I didn't read it myself. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I am way too deep now to add a lot of this. Let's read through it. Ah, bless. Yes. Are you ready for some reader mail? Oh, I was born ready. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can get the show ad free there as well. Uh, the nanobiologist writes in. Kev, there's a hyperlink in this one you might want to throw up. Hey, Greg and Bless. One of the creepiest things I saw over this weekend was a woman seeing her deceased daughter in VR. This cannot be healthy, right? I want to know your thoughts on this very odd way to implement VR, what with Dreams having VR capabilities, and other games striving for ultra-realistic graphics. Do you think we are about to go down an unprecedented path that may lead to a boom in VR implementation in the wrong ways, like interacting with a VR version of a long-lost love, playing with a deceased pet, or even violent situations that may mimic real-life scenarios? Did you see this over the weekend? No, I did not. Uh I saw this out of context, and I was like, this is really weird. I just saw a GIF of it, Yeah. and I was like, this is very odd. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, of course. you can. There's an art, there's a Kotaku article up mm. about this you can search, but yes, it's a woman. Uh, the developers recreated her daughter, her deceased daughter, in VR, and it's her getting to talk to her and meet her and all this stuff. And so, it's yeah, her crying, as we see here. and all, yeah, I mean, she, she's obviously sobbing and going through this and stuff. Yeah. To start with... For nanobiologist question, of course, nanobiologist, a longtime contributor to the show, kind of funny best friend, all the jazz. I'm not knocking you at all, nano. Mm -hmm. I would never weigh in on this being creepy or wrong. Yeah, it's hard to. This really is speak a on. level of grief I can't fathom. Yeah, that's the thing is like I, it's hard for me to really speak on it because I'm not a therapist and I, yeah. I can't really. Nor are we parents. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that there's too. so many different parts to this. Yeah, and so like whether or not this is a healthy way to deal with grief, I can't. I can't really say. I mean, you know, I feel like at first blush, right, like, I think we we immediately go to, like, sci-fi movies we've seen yeah. or, like, Black Mirror where you have, like, you know, this kind of stuff is theorized and because it's Black Mirror always ends up in something, like, terif or horrible or terrifying or, like, some sort of, like, death because that's how fiction works and that's how, like, sci-fi yeah, yeah, yeah. fiction works. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't... Whether or not I see this becoming a thing or like a popular thing in VR, if you are pushing this further and further, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> um, and, th and that's the thing yeah. about it. Like, I, I think it's creepy isn't the right word. I, I personally don't think. And obviously, mm -hmm. everybody's open to their impressions. And I'm not judging you if you think it's creepy or anything like that. It's so foreign, right? It's such yeah. a foreign idea. But I also feel as I watch it and stuff, like, what is. What is, and I, granted, this is in another language, so I can't understand the conversation she's having. I think even the Kotaku article I read about it was very much like, the video ends. I don't know if this was a positive thing, if uh -huh. she liked this or whatever. Um, but in some part of me, as I look at it, it would be like, well, what, are, what is the difference of other art forms doing this? Mm -hmm. Where I don't think that, again, you, t you bring up such a great example, like a Black Mirror or you know some other fiction we've seen where they get lost in it and they only want to exist in VR and all this mm -hmm. stuff. Is this the same as, in some respect, having someone do a portrait 
of your deceased yeah, child. Or like watching an old home video. Listening to an audio tape or a recording. Like, yeah. you know how people say voicemails and stuff? Yeah. Like, I think, like, I remember a beautiful story of... I think it was uh, it was a dude whose father passed away, but he used to play racing games with him all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you had the leftover, uh, you know, down. like in racing games, you have like the ghosts yeah. that like act, that you can race against, you know, to pr- try and beat your own time. Yeah. So their their father's ghosts for their for their time thing was still in the game. So we got to go back and still you know compete with his dad in racing games, which I think is like a beautiful thing, and is sort of analogous to this. I understand how I I understand how this feels strange and weird because this is a level of it that we've not seen before yeah and like you know i feel like we've been kind of trained to to think of this as weird from yeah things we've seen before but yeah like i mean like you said i i I don't necessarily feel like i can really speak on it because you know i'm not a parent and i'm not like lost a child and i don't know how that necessarily feels and i I, you know i i i I, I could imagine what it's like having the opportunity to have that recreated in vr for you and whether or not i want to take it yeah and maybe it's the thing where like you know maybe like this happening will lead to the answers of all right is this okay how did this person react to it you know how do we feel about this like i feel like it's a conversation to be had for sure 100 percent. and then yeah i mean you know you're talking about do you think we're about to go down an unprecedented path that'll lead to a boom in vr implementation in the wrong ways i think we're on an unprecedented path to see what vr becomes period yeah whether it's right or wrong good or bad i think you know the market and the audiences will decide that on as it goes. You know, you bring up like, uh, you know, or even violent situations that may mimic real life scenarios. Of course, I mean that already exists. Yeah. How many VR games am I playing with a gun? And like, what? It's not going to be a, a long leap until someone is. And I'm sure I'm I'm such a console plebe, as you know, mm-hmm. until people are modding in the faces of people they don't like in their games, right? And that yeah. this is the whole thing of if you remember when you could put fa- originally put faces in Perfect Dark and then Columbine happened and mm-hmm. it got dialed back. You're wrong me if I got any of that wrong. I'm pretty sure that was right, that it was Perfect Dark with the Game Boy camera was going to allow you to do that. Then Columbine happened, and then they took it out. Mm-hmm. And so it was that idea that, like, these actions and interactions happen all the time, and games and media and art shift and change based on that. And so I think, yeah, we're just growing it, growing VR and growing games as we go, and it's something you have to deal with. Yeah, I'm with you. Thank you. I'm glad you're with me. That means a lot. You know what I mean? Be weird if you weren't. Because then we were on the show together. Yeah, I was like, going to oh. say, I mean, literally, I'm with you. Uh, let's get one more in before we do the post show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, Jamie S. writes in to Patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Good morning, Greg and Blessing. Is Google Stadia just misunderstood? In an opinion piece on gamesindustry.biz, Christopher Dring argues that we're judging Google Stadia from the perspective of heavily invested console and PC gamers rather than the perspective of the audience it's meant to serve. Casual and lapsed gamers who don't want to invest in costly consoles and gaming PC setups. While Christopher makes several good points in his piece, I can't help but think that if this is what Google Stadia intends to be, why have they launched the way they have launched? Uh, everything about Stadia Pro has targeted the wrong audience, and they've kind of fallen on their face in the process. What are your thoughts of all this? If Christopher is correct, can Google Stadia recover from their blundered uh, launch and find success with the more casual audience? Is it possible for them to succeed without the support of the most invested console-slash-PC gamers? Is it possible... For them to succeed without the support of the of more invested console slash PC gamers, I don't think so. No. Like Xbox, like I've, wasn't that the whole conversation during the, um, the Xbox One reveal of like them kind of shifting toward that casual audience with their marketing and them going TV, 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 Call yeah, of Duty, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And like that kind of having a negative effect on how that console was rece- received. Um, you know, and I, I feel like there are, there are other consoles where we can kind of make that same argument for. Like I feel like this in. You know, if we if we look at Stadia 
was it Pro Stadia Pro, yeah. the original launch. If you look at that and how it's priced and how it was marketed, um, it like, was marketed I, to us. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was, was not marketed to uh, console, or I'm sorry, uh, casual gamers or yeah. people who don't know that. Because I don't know if casual gamers really were really watching that first Stadia Connect that happened right before E3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, and I, I yeah. always draw the line back to we. You know, yeah, that's, we, what, that's what I was thinking. We, too. I think, uh, knew what it was doing at the launch where it got hardcore gamers in, and I bought it super excited for Zelda, super excited for this new remote, uh, re- uh, remote uh, the eShop uh, e- and classic Nintendo games, right? Mm-hmm. And then when my mom came over at Thanksgiving and saw it, she fell in love with bowling and was like, I want this. And I yeah. was like, my mom wants this console. That's ha- that's never happened, right? Mm-hmm. And so I bought it for her. Like, if there's not in someone who already has Stadia saying, "Hey, here's Stadia. It's awesome and great. You should play it." Who's going to who's going to be interested in going to get that? Yeah. And Stadia isn't launching with a lineup of games that is attracting my mom. Like yeah, she's I was not looking say, at like Tomb Raider. The, the the library there isn't like, you know, what would you call it? Darksiders Genesis isn't necessarily speaking to like a very casual mm-hmm. audience of players, right? And, and casual audiences have places they can go that aren't Stadia to play games, right? Like mobile gaming is a huge thing right now because it's very it's very accessible, especially if you don't want to have to buy a big console. Like everybody has a phone, and so you know that's a gateway right there. And you don't have to like as a as a as a casual player, right? Like you you have games there that are kind of tailor made for you. Um, you don't have to like. You don't you don't have to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Odyssey's on Stadia, right? It was on it, it was on their I, test. Thing. Yeah, it is. It is. And it so is, I it assume is, it's yeah. on Stadia. No, you're right. I, that's what. But uh, yeah, no, I I. I I could see the argument, and I could see I could see where Christopher Dring is coming from in, in his article. Hundred percent, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I but he's like, maybe idea. we got it wrong. No, yeah. if 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 it's wrong, it's them. They got it wrong on the way yeah. they promoted this and talked about it and what they did and what they promised. And and I can see I can they see, said they were the next. I can see the argument that this is what they're building toward because I I I, I think that too. I think they are building toward a, a a system and an ecosystem where people can just come in and even in the trailer where you see them, where you, where you see the the image of somebody. Scrolling through YouTube or watching a YouTube video of a game of, of a game yeah, yeah, or like a let's play and then clicking a button and being able to play right there. Yeah. I think that's what they're building toward where it's accessible to anybody, but I don't think they're there yet. And that's the problem. Yeah. Is that, yeah, I don't think we got it wrong. I think it's just that they're not where they want to be or where they're going to go. And in two years, it'll be interesting what Stadia is. Yeah. Blessing. Yes. It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Give me your name, username, platform choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. The avid endorsement is today's squad up. He is on PlayStation 4. His PSN is Luke Highwalker 06, all one word. Luke Highwalker 06, all one word. The avid endorsement says, What's up, Greg and Bless? As a 32-year-old, most of my friends have no interest or time for gaming anymore. I usually play single-player story-driven games, but dip into multiplayer occasionally. I find it very hard to meet good people while doing so. I usually end up getting teamed up with some screaming 12-year-old or super-toxic adults. That's where I'm hoping the best friends can help. With Avengers, Black Ops 5, Zombies, and others coming out this year, I would like to fill my friends list with best friends to be ready. During the week... If I'm on, it's around 5 to 8 p.m. Central Time and in the early afternoons on the weekends. Keep making the awesome content. And P.S., today's my birthday, so a shout-out hey. would be a great present from you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Go get him, everybody. Luke <laughs> Highwalker, 06. Screaming children are a problem. They are? Especially now that I'm playing GTA Online again. Yeah, sure. Every single lobby I get into screaming kid? is a screaming kid or a screaming adult. <laughs> also <laughs> like, bad. They're screaming people, and it's... 
it's frustrating. I understand the struggle that the avid endorsement is going through. You remember the Screaming Eagles from the TV show Coach? No. No, probably not at about, all. Probably about 20 <laughs> years before you were born. Uh, let's go into You're Wrong. This is where people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, we got some stuff in here. Stead John at says, HoloLens was always a standalone device with its own computer, so probably not much use on the Xbox Windows. Mixed reality stuff is probably easier to port. Mm. Um, yeah, that's. I think we kind of drove at that. But whatever, yeah. if it would be clear. Uh, uh, nanobiologist says, uh, Microsoft announced HoloLens 2 that, that is made for industry usage, surgery, engineering, design, and not for gaming. Um, cool. Nanobiologist confirmed Modern Warfare characters are called operators and that Call of Duty just tweeted out the trailer and released a roadmap for what's to come. Oh. So that's official now. Um, Tagless02 says, we missed a date. Apex Legends is doing a Valentine's Day event this week. Wait, from really? February 11th to the 18th. Oh, let's this go. This event brings back duos. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Um, Kai Scoot tries to give me an out saying that I think they were talking about Cyberpunk 2020, the tabletop RPG that Cyberpunk 2077 is based on. I went back and reread the ad. No, I just fucked it up. No, Game's I coming. I, yeah, I, oh, you I fixed it. it. Yeah, I fixed it. Oh. Yeah. But it's still, they're talking about video games specifically. Yeah. So that's the ad. That's a, that's a you're wrong on the ad, not on Greg. Okay? Thank you. Good pregnant pause. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's run through the host for the week. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be me and Imran. Is that right? I'll yeah. probably check that out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Blessing and Witta. Thursday, Blessing and Tim. Friday, Blessing and Tim. Gamescast will be Wednesday at 2 p.m. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. The most iconic portable Nintendo games with Tim, Blessing, Fran, and Imran. All this, of course, if Tim can see. Nobody knows. What, what? Have we heard from him? I mean, he put up that image of him looking like he just got punched in both eyes wearing those like tracer knockoff tracer goggles. Mm-hmm. So that was day two, right? I don't know. Because I remember I listened I'm to I'm terrified the, to call him or talk to him. I don't know what's going on. Is I he listened just to the podcast pain? where you guys went from like, oh yeah, this is what day one's like, this is what day two's like, and yeah. this is what day and I heard, I thought day three was supposed to be the worst one. Kevin, you're his best friend. What have you heard? Are you uh, his best friend? He uh what? Tim's got this whole thing, I got like many best friends. Yeah, I have but different I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it's closer to brother brother relationship. Sure, okay, oh, yeah, fair. Really. fair. I mean, We're family. Um, yeah, last I heard, he says that about every hour, there's ten minutes where his eyes burn more than they ever have before. No, no thanks. So, Don't want know, that. Not worth it. Wear that glasses. sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you're saying he'll be back by Wednesday? <laughs> I, I think there's a chance. I think that it was uh, yesterday. I think I had a text conversation with him. Well, he's texting, so he can see so his he can phone. See, yeah. yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week down a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. Be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, watch it later. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Roosterteeth.com. Podcast services around the globe. Uh, right in. We already did that. You're wrong. You know that. There's a post show coming up right now. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.